0: And that's Michelle Schneider. She is a Director of Trading and Education and Research at MarketGauge.com. Welcome to the show, Michelle.
1: Thank you, Tom. All right,
0: so we've got rising inflation, food prices, fuel, home prices hitting records, uh, but uh, we're not seeing yields, uh, you know, they're lagging, right? We're not seeing any movement out of yields. Do you see any inflationary pressures continuing for the foreseeable future that are gonna turn that around?
1: Absolutely. I think that uh, the, the, the little bit of a respite we had in commodity prices after some hawkish talk from the Fed was really basically just that talk. In fact, what they've really done here is the bond buying continues to be robust. If you're looking at junk bonds right now, they've cleared a six-year-long moving average to actually flip to a better cycle. Now, that doesn't mean it necessarily can stay there, but for now, I like to call it the Fed folly. We can see what they're doing. So they're much more concerned about the labor market and the slowdown of growth than they are about inflation, and that may come back and bite them because today alone, besides the fact of the rising oil prices that we've seen and gas prices, the food prices all went nuts to the upside when the crop predictions came out so much lower than what they need to be able to feed the world, essentially. Wheat, for example, went limit up and that dragged up corn and soybeans along with it. Sugar's been going up. So all of this, I've always felt, was going to be more of a food inflation-driven scenario. And that's turning out to be the case because once food costs go up, of course, everything goes up. So we'll see what the Fed does as a result of that. But right now, they're pretty complacent.
0: Yeah, they have been. Uh, but we've had some individual members of the FOMC starting to come up a little bit more hawkish. We'll have to wait and see in that. We've got minutes next week. But you've mentioned in your notes, and I kind of wanted to hit on this, stagflation. You think there's some risks to that, huh?
1: I do we're, we're in a situation right now and I was listening to Eddie Kabor, who I admire greatly and you know, everything he said I completely agree with so just to repeat the highlights for me is that even though we're seeing an accelerated growth right now as we're going back to work and then the kids will be going back to school and retail uh, has been high and consumer sentiment is high and there's the infrastructure package on the table. We do wonder where the sustained growth will come from and we do also see the fact that these increasing prices particularly let's say in the airline industry which should be doing well is actually floundering because of this gas prices so unless we see some real growth start to generate I don't think it's going to stop inflation so that's where the stagflation comes in and it's a very very difficult situation for Fed policy because on the one level they raise rates of course they stunt the growth and if they don't then they really fuel the inflation so it's going to be very interesting as we're heading into the end of 2021, 2022.
0: Yeah, I think that could be the scariest situation here for markets moving forward into the end of the year. But we've seen Bitcoin uh, kind, of, kind of transfer over here to Bitcoin. It's beginning to consolidate near its 200 day moving average. Where do you think it's going to go from here?
1: Well, after it dumped below 30,000 on the heels of all the bad news with the mining from China being banned and, uh, of course, Elon Musk headlines being concerned about the environment, etc., it had an incredibly impressive turnaround. And by Sunday night, the whole crypto space increased in market cap to 20 percent higher. Now, of course, today we're seeing a little bit of a downturn, so it's really more of a 15 percent increase. But what's happening here is that the bad news is easily being absorbed by some of the good news. And of course, the whole blockchain technology is one that continues to grow. Microsaler continues to buy. And even though today we heard Maxine Waters is now going to start more investigation into the crypto space, I think we've got a range to watch. So we've got a whole 30 here. If If we can get through 36, our next major level in Bitcoin is 41,000. We break through there, we could see a really good, decent summer rally, especially if people start thinking at a hedge of inflation again, which it was doing for a while and then sort of came off when the expectations for inflation dropped after hawkish talk
0: yeah and uh we definitely uh have more regulation coming down the pipeline as far as bitcoin goes that's for sure Uh, but i wanted to get to some of your individual stock picks the one that kind of stuck out to me uh because uh commodity prices have been under pressure after a a really rapid rise at the early stages of this year but you've got slv the silver etf in there you think it's going to hold this 24 level
1: i do i think that the correction that it just had is over. People tried to really push it down. Even yesterday, it broke down under 24 and reached 2375 and then popped up at the end of the day with some follow through today. What's so interesting about the metals, if if I may, is that if you go back in time in 1980, let's just take a look at gold. Gold to the Dow was roughly a one to one in terms of price. And now here we are. Even though the gold price has doubled since then from 850 to 1750, the ratio of the Dow to gold is 20 to 1 thereabouts. So that tells you some idea though even though we've been talking about inflation in some of these other areas like industrial metals and food commodities and oil and gas gold is still sitting there along with silver which means they have a tremendous amount of upside potential once people realize how undervalued they are inflationary in terms of inflation especially as I said compared to the Dow Jones industrial that could mean gold gets through 2000 and goes skyrocketing it means that silver can get back up up to maybe 40 dollars an ounce we'll take a look at it but right now i'm i'm very friendly here and i think you have a great risk just stop yourself out under this week's low and and that's a very very low risk for something like silver gold yeah. too
0: got gotcha on those commodities but uh one other name uh you got viacom cbs in here viac is a ticker symbol you think this is a a buy maybe at 44 or around this level
1: but we're already in it, so yes, I do believe that it has upside potential after it got killed Um, From its big peak at $100, it's been basing out. It's cleared some major moving averages. In telecommunications space, I still think it's strong. They're also doing their own streaming service. And CBS, just looking, I, I don't necessarily ever watch anything on network television in terms of TV shows. But I have seen the lineup for CBS for the fall, and it looks pretty good. So, yeah, we like the stock here if it holds 44. If it can get through 46 to 47, I see no reason why I can't get up close to 60.
0: Yeah. I, uh-